oh, wait a minute, I've been going about this a completely different way, right? And we've all experienced that. Like how beautiful is it when we get to that point in our life where we're like, man, it doesn't have to be so hard. Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, welcome back to Elements of Styles. Today, I am grateful to have Jeff Benton and Brett Weinroth from Paragon Performance Evolution. Paragon creates and implements leadership, high performance, stress management, and resiliency programs for organizations around the world. Their clients include Fortune 500 corporations, leading private companies, military, first responders, entrepreneurs, nonprofit leaders, major colleges and universities, teenagers, young adults, professional athletes, and teams, CEO organizations, astronauts, and global first ladies. Welcome to the show, folks. Hey, Mark. Good to see you. Thanks for having us on. Great to be here. Can you tell me what Paragon Performance Evolution is actually doing? What would I expect if I were working with Paragon Performance Evolution? First, it's about the journey of self-evolution. When we work with teams, we recognize that individuals are going to show up um, with their own story, their own view of the world. And our belief is it's so important as individuals that we learn how to self-regulate our own emotions and have greater awareness of our thoughts and our emotions and our behaviors. If we're truly going to be the best versions of ourselves, if we're going to be the high performers that we design kind of in our bio or in our LinkedIn profile, how do we actually show up every day, fully present, full of renewing feelings so that I can connect with people at a deep level, I can do my job and really navigate any challenges that are presented to me throughout my day and throughout my life and do it in a healthy, in a healthy, balanced way. So if you're working with us, you're going to learn tools that are based on 30 years of science and research with premier organizations um, on how to do that, on how to self-regulate yourself. Um, we're going to teach you techniques that you can use in real time to manage your stress, but also as a high performance tool as well, right? Because we get a lot of people who come in and they have stress, but it doesn't necessarily impact them the way that it does others. And they want to look to get 1% better every day. So for us, there's, you know, there's the high performer who wants to improve, wants to take their organization to the next level. And then there are individuals who are navigating a whole mess of confusion and um, are just out of balance with themselves. And so the first thing we want to do is get them as individuals to recognize how important this is. Then we can address the team piece of it secondarily. Jeff, I don't know if you want to support that or. Yeah, I think that's beautifully said. And yeah, like Brett said, the first piece, so we we have a paragon process of evolution and it goes from the self-evolution, team evolution to community evolution. And like Brett said, you can't really get to team or community evolution until each individual takes ownership of their own potential and responsibility for their own uh, growth. And so the ability to regulate your emotions 
is everything, right? Because when we get to the team standpoint, if each individual is still showing up with their own baselines and their own automatic behaviors and patterns, you can't really go to that next phase, which the team evolution is all around trust, vulnerability, safety, communication. So when teams start to experience that, that's when they can really spend time, right? And do the miraculous and they get on the same page, right? And so as Brett talked about that first phase of self-evolution, big part of it is teaching people how to get out of a stress response and really shift into a more optimal state within minutes and in real time. And we spend a lot of time talking about the neuroscience of change. And we talk about when we're in um, a state of stress, we are, our key brain centers are limited. So literally our frontal cortex, the, its ability to serve its purpose gets diminished. So when we're under stress, we are limited in our ability to think clearly, to communicate, to problem solve, and also our ability to have empathy and to see somebody else's views is is uh, diminished. It's just how our physiology works and our neurocircuitry and our neurochemistry. So even when we're working with organizations that are doing global work, like the first ladies we're working with, we've been fortunate to work with current first ladies around the world we, and with uh, DEI teams, right? Which are doing such important missions. We say it's beautiful that you're working on legislation and messaging and community events, right? And networking. And it is really important to teach the world and your teams, the community, the people that we have opposing views with these tools and techniques to self-regulate and get into a coherent state. Because again, if they're in a stressed out state, even if they're doing all the right things and have all the right intentions, they are limited in their ability to see somebody else's views, right? And have that empathy. And so when we work with these executive teams, uh, we find that they're really talented, but a lot of times they're in silos, right? They're in very competitive you know, situations and the way the brain is wired is it it's it's wired for thousands of years to look for threats, right? And so when they're under stress, even with their executive teams, these people they work with every day, that is their lens to the team, to their company and to the world. And so when we're able to have them self-regulate and then move into this team evolution, a big piece of that, like Brett talked about, is having them express gratitude for each other and appreciation because when they start to do that and they can start to see each other differently and express that gratitude, they actually begin to create new neurological networks that have a new lens of how they can relate with their teams. And Brett and I've worked with executive teams that have had conflict for years and within a day of us doing an offsite and then really digging in for six to eight weeks, we've seen complete transformation within that group. And then that third piece is really community evolution. So once we teach the individual and the team these tools and techniques to really access their superpowers and how to change their lives, then part of this journey is now they have the responsibility 
to go out and share these tools and techniques that can change other people's lives. Wow. That is, that is amazing. And that is such a purposeful mission that you are all on. Can I peel back to the team part of the, uh, the three layers of this and bringing them together? What do you see most often the the tool, the strategy, the technique that actually allows this barrier to break down, these lenses to to change? Is it the ability to be vulnerable? Well, vulnerability is a piece of it. First, I think we have to look at kind of a formula for for life and and performance and to understand that. And Jeff touched on some of the science, right? And I think that is a key piece of the puzzle is when the individual starts to recognize that the stress they're experiencing doesn't live in their circumstance. The stress lives in their body. Mm. And if it lives in your, bo- in your body, well, we can control what's going on in our body, right? In, in most cases. And we have the ability to, to self-regulate. So from a team perspective, when you think about people coming together in, in, in an organization, whether they've been working together for 15 years or they're new to each other and we see a lot of change, um, the, the first thing is, we, we have to get them to understand that they have the capability as an individual to show up in a more optimal way, right? That they can, they may wake up feeling worried or fearful or have, or have self-limiting beliefs, but when they, when they start to develop more awareness around it, that awareness precedes any change that they're trying to create. And so the, the work that they do with us, we will, um, you know, in, in, with intentional repetition, create moments for them to have awareness of their state of being. So we will do breakout sessions. We will do sharing exercises amongst a group where we're asking members of the team to start to identify, how am I feeling in this moment? What is something in my life that's causing me to feel stress? What is the emotion that comes up around that stress? And when they start to do that, especially in a team environment, then you see um, more trust, more safety, because if I'm feeling more whole, more connected to myself, then I'm going to be more open to being vulnerable. Um, Jeff and I try to set the intention of being vulnerable ourselves. We feel like if we're going to come in and lead a workshop for a team that we've never worked with before, and we're going to ask them to peel you know, the veil back, we also need to be vulnerable. And that's a part of our story and why we created the business was because of our own personal journey. So when, when, when we look at the formula for life, which is we have these life events that we can't control. They're just going to happen, right? We're going to get stuck in traffic on the way to a meeting. Um, our Zoom Wi-Fi connection is going to kick out in the middle of a presentation. Um, you know, we're going to have members of our team that miss days for, you know, physical or mental health reasons. We're going to have customers shift things on us in midstream, right? We have these life events. And then we have our perception to these life events. And then we have our reaction to these life events. And that is what ultimately equals the, the outcome. Now, we can't change the life event, but through creating tools and techniques and, and teaching tools and techniques that allow for a more optimal state, more coherence, we can shift our perception, the way we see the event, 
So we might have something completely horrific happen to us, you know, and how we perceive that happening can either be, well, I'm a victim. Why does this happen to me all the time? Or we can be in a more optimal state and, and be a creator and start to now problem solve through that challenge. And instead of reacting in the moment, as Jeff said, from this kind of um, patterned behavior, we can respond more thoughtfully, more um, more gracefully, right? And that may change the outcome in and of itself, how we actually respond in the moment. And then what we've seen in terms of change is when people start to recognize there's something about the way I'm not ex enjoying my experience in this world. I could have tension with my spouse or my partner. I might have a, um, a relationship with a parent or a member of my family that where there's tension. I might, you know, not feel connected to my personal purpose or the purpose of my company. Why am I doing this other than I'm, you know, earning a paycheck to pay my bills. And when they start to have that moment where they recognize the discomfort and they get the awareness of there's actually a better way to go about it. And we feel like we're, we create the catalyst. We're the catalyst for opening up that, um, that channel for them. And then they try a technique. They feel a little bit better in the moment. Now, all of a sudden, the light bulb gets brighter for them. Like, oh, wait a minute. I've been going about this a completely different way, right? And we've all experienced that. Like, how beautiful is it when we get to that point in our life where we're like, man, it doesn't have to be so hard. Well, let me ask you this. How does that feel for you, Brett, and for you, Jeff, to be able to help unlock that? I see the community is the next most important thing. And I see that that drives your mission and you want everyone else to do that. I see that this is why, but t tell us what that feels like when you're able to unlock that for somebody. And can I share one other thing on yes. the team perspective? Because what Brett said, he said it beautifully. And one of the things we talk about is how important it is to show up as your authentic self. And, you know, we've created a corporate culture where emotions are a bad thing. And so, I mean, it's been for years and years and years, right? But corporations are made up of people and people are made up of emotions. So, especially, I mean, I, especially in the bigger companies, I mean, people, it's like they come in and they put their mask on, right? Mm. But if we're not being authentic to ourselves, and we're not honoring that, it's going to come out in different ways, right? With our health, you know, we're going to, we're going to react differently with our families and, and so forth. So we always talk about how important it is to take off the mask. We even, um, one of the, one of our programs around authenticity, we quote a um, Harvard business review study on the five traits of high performing teams. And you know, one of them is expressing your emotions, right? Not only your good emotions, but, you know, when you, when you aren't feeling as positive. And so we talk about these emotions of how important it is to express yourself. And then as you evolve into it, the real way for us to access our superpowers is then through generating, renewing positive emotions. So it's not only express them, but this is how you get supercharged um you know into optimal performance right within your workplace and you know we 
our friends always talk about like we can talk about high performance but we can also talk about consciousness and all this other stuff and we get away with it but you know one of the the things we always quote is or harvard medical school did a study on the tibetan monks in the 80s and they were doing these superhuman feats right they were literally drawing uh wet towels on on their bodies in freezing weather right they were they were doing things with their brains. They were producing brain waves that nobody ever saw, which now we define as gamma. And when the when the Harvard Medical School doctors were asking them, how do you do this? They said, it's all about creating compassion and gratitude, not only for self, but for the world. And so as we start working with these senior teams and these individuals, and they start to create these positive renewing emotions, they literally change internally. A lot of times they heal, right, of different things. And they can start to influence their environment in a positive way with their team members, their leadership, their clients, and others. And it is that powerful. And we used to think this stuff was woo-woo, but it's all science. And science is being, being able to show what happens in our body when we're feeling this gratitude, this compassion, and how it activates different parts of our brain and how it literally changes our physiology. So I just wanted to mention that. And so with the team stuff, you know, when we can get them to feel safe and start to express gratitude and joy, not only does it change their relationship with their team members, but changes their team members' relationship with them, right? And it's a very powerful thing. And it's really our, it really is the formula to unlock expedited change among a team. You can talk strategy, you can do everything else, but this is really how you create expedited change. And, and Brett, I know Mark, you, yeah, you asked, how do we feel unlocking that in people? We, we just did a session this morning for a team we've been working with at an Ivy League school. And they were all together in a room. We were on Zoom. Um, we've been in a room with, the, with this group before. And we spent an hour really focused on them expressing appreciation and gratitude for one another. And Jeff and I afterwards, you know, did our debrief and we were just both filled with such, you know, pride um, and gratitude to see this team. We couldn't even really hear the audio wasn't great in the room. So we couldn't hear a lot of what they were sharing, but we could feel energetically what was happening. We could see it. We could see the interaction. We know these individuals very well because we've been working closely with them as a group and in individual coaching for many months. And the feeling was, you know, we've helped them unlock something that maybe they hadn't been able to identify earlier. And there, there are some folks in that group that are overcoming some PTSD from prior leadership or from personal experience. And to see um, these individuals express themselves in a truly authentic way with their colleagues. It's a thing of beauty, man. It's um, real change is happening within this university. And the, the real catalyst is, is the leader of the team. She's the one who had the vision to provide this sort of um, teaching and training for her team. We just, we, we just, you know, are the beneficiaries of being able to go in and provide the gift in a way, right? But ultimately, they're the ones who are doing the work. Well, those teams, those leaders, they need to be ready for this too, right? They need to be prepared and willing to go 
here, which is a very uncomfortable place for a lot of people, depending on their biological makeup, their social domains, their, you know, uh, life experiences. I mean, you must get a lot of, you know, visually for those listening is me tightening up, crossing my arms and looking side-eyed at Brett and Jeff. You must experience that. How do you, how do you break that, I guess would be the best terminology. You know, how do you work with that? How do you, how do you do what you do? We, we always tell leaders that, um, a third of the people are going to love it. Like that we've been sent just to talk directly yes. to them. A third <laughs> are going to be interested, but want to see what we're about. And a third are going to just think it's, you know, BS. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, I think there's a couple of things. One is Brett and I are really in it to serve people and not the corporate mission. And I think that comes across. So we create a very safe, fun environment. And as Brett said, we show a lot of vulnerability up front. And there are just certain truths of us having this human experience that when somebody shows vulnerability, it softens us because it connects us deeper to ourselves. And so, you know, we have figured out a formula and I don't mean to make it analytical because we figure out a formula that really can serve people. And when we started to lead these presentations years ago, we had a lot more science, right? And, and that stuff thinking that that's what people wanted. But our formula is a lot of interaction, right? So people can be heard. Everybody wants to be heard, especially with their peers. Um, we create a lot of fun. Like we just have fun, right? So people can feel that. And then we, like Brett said, we teach them real time tools and techniques that allow for them to feel a difference in the moment. So they have real evidence and data within minutes where they're like, oh, wow, I feel different. So when we do these workshops, we always do a check-in and say, how are you feeling? 99% of the 90% of the people are like, I feel burned out, stressed, tired. We can do a full day workshop eight hours later where we're going nonstop. And then we do a checkout and people are like, I feel gratitude. I haven't felt this good in a long time. Right. And we're doing that intentionally to show what each one of them is capable of. Right. Even when they go through an eight hour workshop or a four hour workshop. And, um, yeah, it's a powerful thing. And I, you know, sometimes leaders are very sensitive and overthink if it's, if it's good for their team. And we don't say it this directly, but there's nothing more important than this, right? We have leaders coming in and talking about how disconnected the teams are and burned out and stressed, but then they're being sensitive if they want this. And so again, the way we approach it, we have people that have told us we, that they thought all of this was BS, right? And they thought we were crazy. And three months later, they're the biggest advocates, you know, and they're saying, why aren't you sharing this with the world? <laughs> so <laughs> when, this includes, you know, like special forces and accountants and consultants and yeah. So it's analytical it's types. A, there's, there's also some science behind it, Mark, which is when that, two thirds, you know, the third that think it was, you know, dropped 
by the universe for specifically for them. And then the third, that's like, well, I'll keep an open mind because my, my organization's funding this or resourcing it. So I, I you know, I, I want to pay attention when that two thirds starts to elevate their own internal state. The heart has this amazing capacity to share that emotional information out into the field, right? This is just science. We are made up of energy and frequency. When you go way down into the cells, into the atoms in the cells, right? Like we are just energy and frequency. And when we elevate the energy in our bodies our emo through our emotional state, our heart actually projects an, you know, a magnetic field out into our environment. And there's, you know, this is going to be measured by devices, scientific devices. But when you're in a room or even in a Zoom, because this isn't just limited to the physical environment, right? There's some, there's a lot of quantum science that's starting to become more accepted, you know, in, in 2023 around this information. But that one third who were sitting with their arms crossed and looking at us sideways, they're going to sense something is happening. They may not be able to know, verbalize it or understand what it is. And the, a shift will occur. There have been thousands of studies around this where you know people have been connected to devices that literally measure coherence levels in real time. And part of the group will have been trained in the techniques that we teach. And part of the group will have no idea what's going on. They just think they're being monitored for you know heart rate readouts. And you can see the coherence start to match when the group that is trained in the techniques goes into a technique and starts to share gratitude with their colleagues. You can literally see on the, the chart how their heart rate variability starts to match up, their coherence levels align. And when this happens, now all of a sudden you step into a magical place because those folks who were feeling closed off may, might open just a little bit, enough to participate in the sharing exercise. Or maybe they go home and they say, I'm going to try this technique. I'm going to give it a shot. And I'm going to do it in the privacy of my own my own home. Or I'm going to do it in a private coaching session where I don't have to sh completely take off the mask in front of people that I'm used to having a certain persona with. And those are the folks when it happens, where we see the greatest change, they now want to start to share it with other people in their lives. And that for us is the greatest you know, um, testimonial, right? That they've now wanted to introduce this to their children at bedtime to do a technique with them, mm -hmm. right? To make that process, which might normally feel rushed, stressful, whatever the emotion is that, you know, that event is creating for them. Um, they get more connected to the people that are closest to them. And then well, they start to unlock something unique inside that they knew was there, but maybe they just couldn't access and that defines enlightenment, right? You have turned on the light for these people. That must be tremendously purposeful to be able to do that and then share that and have them share that and continue to share it. How did you both find your way to this path, to this journey? So... I was always interested in high performance and I, I was always interested in consciousness and what was beyond this 3D world. And I was reading crazy books about quantum physics and all that as a kid and reading about the mystics and all. But for me, the I would say the pinnacle moment was 
I had been in the sports entertainment world as senior executive. I just went back to Denver to join a startup uh, because my mom was not doing well. And I had a, a brilliant mother, single mother that um, was was a bright light, but probably suffered from bipolar. You know, it wasn't, I'm not sure how it was diagnosed uh, many years ago. So I went back to Denver and, you know, I always share that I looked pretty on paper, but I was really being driven by fear, anxiety, anger, huge imposter syndrome, right? I just did not feel comfortable in my own skin. I feel like I've only figured out this world <laughs> over the last seven or eight years. And, you know, it's the low point. My mother committed suicide and I hit rock bottom and I had no idea how to move forward. I just knew I didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. And so a friend of mine introduced me to a lot of the tools and techniques that we share with our clients and also to heart math, the heart math Institute, which is magical and um, a lot of neuroscience stuff. And again, I just didn't want to feel the way I was feeling. I think it's been described as a spiritual journey, but it was just like, you know, I wanted to feel better. And I just started implementing a lot of the tools and techniques and I did them every day. And I remember like waking up, it was probably about three months into doing it. And I felt some joy. I felt present and I probably felt deep gratitude for the first time in my life. And this was a shock because I grew up in a very adversarial environment and the, the thought or experiencing a positive renewing emotion would make me feel vulnerable and exposed. And two, I really didn't feel like I deserved it, right? Through, through what my mindset was there and emotional makeup. And I realized if I could go from feeling totally disconnected to feeling this presence, this joy, this gratitude, anybody could. And we were living in a world of high performers. And so, you know, Brett and I really talked about if we could go from here, anybody can. So let's influence these high performers that have so much influence in the world, right? Because we knew as they related to themselves differently, they would relate to others differently and literally make better decisions for the organizations and humanity. And also, you know, these corporations and these global organizations have so much impact on the environment, media, healthcare, education, government, and really the, cor the corporations and the dollars are driving everything else that I just mentioned. And so it was like, okay, if we're going to, if we're going to contribute to humanity, we need to start with corporate leaders because they have a lot of the power. And that was really the motivation. It was like, Hey, we had this spark within us. And it's like, now we know you can't go back. So now let's go really focus on the change makers. And then from there, it really expanded out into special forces, pro athletes, astronauts, and others. But um, that was really the onus. And again, Brett and I grew up in the high performance world around as athletes and, you know, around these CEOs and pro athletes. So um, it helped that we kind of looked and smelled the part and we were safe to be able to enter into it. We weren't the yogi on the mountaintop. We, we looked the part 
Mark, you know that I, I you know, because we've known each other a long time, that I had an interest in coaching many, many moons ago. I just thought it would be on the sideline of a basketball court. So high performance, human behavior was always something I was very curious about. Um, it led me into a career, you know, in the sports industry and focused on business development and helping organizations grow. I think for me, it's I've been prepping to do this work for a long time, probably more intuitively than intentionally. And as Jeff and I were building another comp our first company together, um, he came to me and really challenged me with this, um, you know, belief that we could have an impact over leaders in the world. And we, we used to evaluate the work we would do and the impact we were having. And while we were creating a lot of growth and acceleration for companies, whether it was revenue or members or just exposure, the real work that we enjoyed truly that we came kept coming back to was the, the human piece. And as Jeff described earlier, we would be working for leaders who had amazing resumes, great backgrounds, all the trappings in life in terms of success and, you know, um, and wealth and whatnot. But there was something missing and we could see it in their personality. We could see the way they were showing up. We could see it in the way their teams were actually responding to their leadership style. And if they were bringing us into their organization, there was usually some level of dysfunction. Um, so as we started to kind of tap into the human performance aspect of it, we know we would start to notice some change. And Jeff, you know, like I said, he, about seven or eight years ago, he challenged me and he said, I think there's a business here that we should create specifically focused on what we really are passionate about. And while Jeff's story, um, you know, kind of began with, um, you know, being part of, uh, of a family that was impacted by mental health. Um, you know, mine was more about just kind of navigating in a way where I maybe wasn't as emotionally aware as I would have liked to have been earlier on in my career, feeling the stressors of, you know, being in certain roles, maybe not feeling as supported or having the imposter syndrome or just feeling gripped with self-limiting beliefs. Even though I had success, I always felt like there was a lot of tension internally. I had some health issues um, in my early mid thirties that started to kind of rear their ugly head as I was having kids and going through different life events. And you know, looking back 20 years, I knew that that was stress manifesting itself in um, in some of these, you know, issues that I was navigating. And I and I and I think when I got to when Jeff and I started working together, and I was observing his journey and um, the changes that he was implementing in his life, and we've known each other since the mid 90s, so I've I've had a pretty you know good seat to observe his journey. And I was really inspired by the changes that he was implementing. I could sense it in our partnership, in the way that we were communicating. And I got very curious about being much more mindful about my own life and being more present for my kids and my wife and my family and um, and not always being tethered to my device and the work and the results from the work and being judged that way. And, and I think as I started to go on that journey and sensed some of the change that was occurring internally for me, it really opened my eyes to the ability to then take it and teach it to others. And um, 
you know, obviously our work has been amplified by, you know, the events of the last three and a half years on a personal level, experiencing having a, a young adult child go through severe mental health challenges has really been, um, it's really connected me at a much deeper level to the work that we're doing. And I, and I think I now truly see with incredible clarity why we are meant to be doing what we're doing right now. I love it. I love it. I mean, so many people seek purpose and it, it, it's so obvious that you both have found it. Now, let me ask you this. So a workshop, a, uh, an engagement with a team, they work with you, they experience all of the strategies and techniques, they dig in deeper than they ever imagined, and they are ready to tell the world all about it, right? They're ready to take it to the community step. And they say, you know what, I'm going to go on LinkedIn, I'm going to go on Google, I'm going to go somewhere that I'm going to publish this to the world. What are they saying exactly? If I was going to narrow it down, what we continually hear, what we continually talk about that then gets repeated back is our clients start to really connect that they're truly the creators of their own world. And it's it's more than just this nice concept. And if they were going to explain it, they would say the first piece is they have much greater awareness of their thoughts and emotions, right? Because without that, we can't create any change. And, you know, we always quote that we have nine, uh, 60 to 70,000 thoughts a day. 90% are the same as the day before. 70 to 80% are harmful, right? Or negative. And then our operating system, these automatic thoughts, behaviors, patterns, 95% of our operating system is being run by the subconscious. And so, until we can actually have awareness of our thoughts and emotions and the intention to have that awareness, we're having Groundhog Day every day, right? We're reacting the same way. We're doing the same things. And so a lot of our work is creating that awareness of thoughts and emotions. And then we talk about how we have these choice points moment by moment to make different decisions, to have different thoughts, right? Different behaviors that create different feelings. And as our clients start to, to not only understand that, but to put that in practice, they start to create new neurological networks and they start to become somebody else, right? The person they really are and they want. And we give them real tools and techniques in the moment to continually shift into this more optimal state. And so that is the base of change, right? Not really, that's it. You know, we can do all these other things externally, right? And we can do the biohacking and, you know, whatever it is, religion, whatever. But we, as the creators of our own world, it's all within us. Wow. So let me ask you this most important question is someone's listening to this and they want to participate. How do they get in touch with you all? Yeah. Um, well, we're at performanceparagon.com is our website and you can connect with us directly there. We're obviously through LinkedIn. Um, we offer a series of um, coherent sessions throughout the week for our um, community. So if someone's really curious, number one, about what we're doing and they want to meet others in the corporate world um, who are practicing these techniques on a regular basis, we'd be happy to invite them in to join these sessions. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, we're pretty regular posters on LinkedIn. Um we just posted that we're going to be hosting a number of 
sessions on World Mental Health Day on October 10th. And those are free sessions. So if someone's interested, they can go to our um, Paragon Performance Evolution page on LinkedIn, follow us, and they'll see all the posts and the information there. And they can just message us directly to, to be added. And folks who are walking their dog or on the treadmill or doing the yard work, Thomas will be certain to put those links in the show notes so you can push right through and and get that. And for our listeners who are wondering, wait, wait a second, he didn't ask the karaoke question. <laughs> One of the fun things that we are consistently doing here is we're pushing the envelope. You folks are very comfortable uh, pushing your envelope and going outside the comfort zone. Not everybody is. And what we find is karaoke is the ultimate icebreaker. So we hope to get everybody together who's been a guest on this show. And we hope you'll make the visit up here to the Northeast to join us all. And karaoke is going to be center stage. So one at a time. Brett, you're next on the stage. What are you singing? Well, I was going to have a little fun with this. I was going to I was going to see if I could guess the song Jeff would sing. Do it. And he could guess the song that I would sing. Now, you don't. can we have a little Jeff? We said oh, we yeah, like to have I, fun I, with this. As long as you know. All right. So we again, we've known each other for almost 30 years, Mark. So we we um and then Jeff, you can tell them what song you actually would sing. But Jeff, so Jeff's walk-up song. We always ask our clients when we do programs what the walk-up song is. Um one of Jeff's walk-up songs is I'm Good by is it David Guetta and BB Rexa. You like that song. Um and then because of the red hair, you know, we always say Jeff looks a little like Rick Astley. So never going to give you, know, you up. I we, think we, would be perfect. You're, you. you're going to pay for that. <laughs> Tell him the not, song that you would prefer to sing. He, he could not help himself. <laughs> did you see that, Mark? We already talked about this. Yes. I love it. That's but partnership. Did you, did you see Two Ted Lasso? Were you a Ted Lasso guy, Mark? I enjoyed Ted Lasso and his mission yeah. big time. That, there was a, a great uh, scene where it's Rebecca, her dad dies at the funeral and they sing Rick Astley's um, Never Gonna Give You a... Yeah, I love it. Um, How many of you are actually sing here? And I love that you did. You just did it for us. My, my, yeah. uh, so my go-tos, because I, I love karaoke. Cool. I actually used to own a karaoke machine. Um, enjoy the silence, Depeche Mode, because it's deep Ooh. enough for this yeah. hoarse voice. Losing My Religion, R.E.M., and Rocket Man. It was a challenge, but Rocket Man, Elm John. So... Enjoy the silence. I love it. He's got a catalog. He doesn't have a go to. You're like, okay, edit, edit that, please. Love it. No, no, no. He's got a he's got a catalog. So, Brett, what are you singing? I, I'm gonna go with a classic. I'm gonna go with "Pride in the Name of Love" by U2. I mean, it's it's an anthem. Um, I think any any U2 song would be a fun one for for the group. So. Always a good choice. Gentlemen, thank you so, so very much. I'm truly grateful for you joining the show and sharing your mission, vision, and purpose with all of our listeners. And hopefully they'll take that and help share that along as well, because this is what it's all about, is sharing the goodness. So thank you all very much. Awesome, Mark. Thank Thanks, you. Mark. Thanks for having Appreciate us on the show. You. Appreciate you. And folks, this has been another exciting episode of Elements of Styles. If you learned something today, if you thought of somebody, please continue to think about them and share this with them directly and share it with everybody. Why not? Be well, folks. Talk next week. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, 
feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.